Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. What Paul is saying is that having received the grace of God, it is still possible for a born-again Christian to, in some measure, hinder the grace of God. And in so doing, the grace that they've been the recipient of has been in vain. It did not accomplish the needed work that it needed to in the life of that Christian. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 2 Corinthians. God freely gives us grace day after day. We're blessed by the mercy and grace of God. However, as Pastor J.D. continues to take us through Paul's secrets to spiritual stamina, he warns that Christians can receive God's grace in vain. The gift of God's grace is amazing, and we're expected to take it and use it to advance the kingdom of God. Are you receiving God's grace in vain today? Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with his continuing study, Spiritual Stamina. Let's go ahead and get started. Chapter 6 in 2 Corinthians, and our text will be verses 1 through 10. We'll begin reading in verse 1, and again, follow along as I read. The Apostle Paul is, by the Holy Spirit, writing to the church in Corinth, and says, verse 1, As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, verse 2, In the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, verse 4, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses. Does this sound like the week you had last week? <laughs> in, yeah, amen. <laughs> in beatings, verse 5, imprisonments and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, verse 6, understanding, patience, and kindness in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love. In truthful speech, verse 7, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful, verse 10, yet always rejoicing, poor, yet making many rich, having nothing, and yet possessing everything. So today's teaching is going to be part three of a series I've titled Spiritual Stamina. Here in the beginning of chapter six, the Apostle Paul 
continues his thought concerning his being an ambassador for and of Jesus Christ. And in so doing, what we're seeing in this series is that he's showing us how it is, and perhaps more importantly, why it is that in all that he went through, he never gave up. He never burned out in spite of the fiery trials that he experienced in his life. And these fiery trials were voluminous and numerous in nature throughout his life. What was his secret? Well, the first one and the first reason is in verses 1 and 2. And it's because Paul didn't receive God's grace in vain. We're going to have a better understanding of this. I realize at first it might seem a little bit difficult to understand what is meant by this. But in verse 1, he tells them that they are co-workers together with God. And as such, he urges them not to receive the grace of God in vain. In verse 2, he goes on to say that he heard them in his favor and that he helped them in their salvation. And then he exhorts them and tells them that now is the time for both. Today is the day of salvation. Now again, it's kind of somewhat confusing in terms of what the Apostle Paul means when he says, do not receive the grace of God in vain. What does he mean by that? Well, it might be helpful to first understand what Paul is not saying, to better understand what it is that he is saying. Paul is not saying, and some have grossly misunderstood and misinterpreted this text. Paul is not saying that Christians may not actually be saved because in receiving the grace of God, it was somehow in vain. It was null and void. What Paul is saying is that having received the grace of God, it is still possible for a born-again Christian to, in some measure, hinder the grace of God. And in so doing, the grace that they've been the recipient of has been in vain. It did not accomplish the needed work that it needed to in the life of that Christian one commentator explained it this way. Receiving God's grace in vain means that we've received the goodness and favor of God, yet we've hindered the work of grace in our life. What if I told you that it is possible for those of us who walk with the Lord and know the Lord and love the Lord, to actually hinder the work of grace in our lives. Well, this is exactly what Paul is talking about. And it's actually what Paul speaks to back in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, where he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. I love that. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it, by the way. <laughs> when somebody <laughs> approaches me, and I just quote 1 Corinthians 15.10, it's a great verse to quote, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. So as one said, build a bridge and get over it. 
I am what I am. And listen, his grace toward me was not in vain. Here's why. I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. In other words, what Paul is saying is, I was on the receiving end of amazing grace. This is a man who was murdering Christians thinking he was helping God out. That is a man who was on the receiving end of saving grace, of amazing grace. And so if anyone earned the right to say what Paul said, it was him. I've been on the receiving end of this grace, and this grace moves me, drives me, propels me. And this is why I labor on more than all of you, like we were talking about last week. The one who has been forgiven of much, loves much. I would suggest in that same vein, the one who has been the recipient of grace much, labors much. This is what drove the Apostle Paul. This was the fuel in the tank of the Apostle Paul that drove him onward to labor more abundantly than anyone else. And it's for this reason that Paul then urges them to make the effort, every effort, to do the same, lest they become barren and fruitless as Christians, and in so doing, they render the receiving of God's grace in vain. I love what Alan Redpath wrote of this. He says, God's grace is always coming to my heart and life in very wonderful and blessed experiences of now. Yesterday's grace is totally inadequate for the burden of today. And if I do not learn to lay hold of heavenly resources every day of my life for the little things as well as the big things... As a Christian, I soon become stale, barren, and fruitless in the service of the Lord. One has to ask themselves, what was it about the Apostle Paul that drove him so, kept him pressing on and laboring on with his eyes on the prize of the high calling in Jesus Christ? What was it that fueled his drive in spite of going through every unimaginable trial a man could go through? I mean, he was left for dead on more than one occasion. He was stoned to death and he was beaten in prison, and he he grocery lists all of this again for us, like he did for them then. He does for us now. And that's a pretty gnarly list when you think about everything he went through. Yet he kept pressing on. In fact, if anything, it strengthened his resolve. What was the secret? The secret was God's grace. I was thinking about this in my own personal life been walking with the Lord for over 35 years now, and it doesn't take much to just kind of go back and sort of recount the grace that I've been on the receiving end of in my life. 
the grace that God has shown me in my life. And I'll tell you, when things are going rough, and life gets hard, and life gets hard, does it not? And it seems like it's getting harder (laughs) almost by the day, especially for Christians in this increasingly anti-Christian world that we live in, and this increasingly anti-Christian America that we live in. It's getting more and more difficult. I just come back to what I do know. When I don't know, I fall back on what I do know. And what I do know is I have been on the receiving end of God's amazing grace. And that drives me. That fuels me. That motivates me. That keeps me going on and pressing on. I've been on the receiving end of God's grace. You know what God's grace is? Try to define grace. You won't do it. I promise you, you won't do it. Grace by its very nature is indefinable. Is indefinable a word? We just made it a word. So it's indefinable. You cannot define it. Try. You'll not even get close. We're we're saved by grace through faith. It's the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Grace is a saving grace. And I've been on the receiving end of that grace. And if you're born again of the Spirit of God here today, you have been on the receiving end of God's saving grace. And that's a game changer. It changes everything. God's grace changes everything. Well, this brings us to the second reason that Paul never quit. And it's because he lived his life above reproach. In verse 3, he tells them that he has not put a stumbling block in anyone's path. And in order for there to be no way that his ministry could ever be discredited. Now, what Paul says here is interesting for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that those who tried to discredit him were as numerous as they were venomous. Paul had a lot of enemies, and rightfully so. However, Paul lived his life in such a way that all the unjust criticisms and false accusations of which there were many were seen for what they really were. In other words, when the unjust criticism or the false accusation came concerning the Apostle Paul, you looked at the man's life and you looked at the accusation or the criticism and you saw the disparity between them and you realized this is not true of the man's life that I see. I'm looking at the fruit of this man's life and this accusation, this criticism is unjust. Paul was not sinless. None of us are. There was only one who was sinless. That was Jesus Christ. But Paul was blameless. What's the difference between being blameless and being sinless? Being blameless is you live your life above reproach so that you cannot be blamed justly and accused falsely. And that was the life of the Apostle Paul. I like how one commentator said it. Of course, Paul's ministry was blamed and discredited by the Corinthian Christians. What Paul means is that our ministry may not rightly be blamed. Paul could not do anything about false accusations except 
live in such a way that any fair-minded person would see such accusations as false. And that is indeed how the Apostle Paul lived his life. This brings us to the third reason that Paul never burned out, and it's that he had great endurance. Some of your translations render verse 4, much patience. Much patience, great endurance. In verse 4, Paul says that instead of his ministry being discredited, it was actually commended by virtue of his great endurance, much patience in troubles and distress. And in verse 5, he goes on to say that this great endurance was in spite of all of the things he went through, and the list is quite large. He starts off by talking about the beatings, the imprisonments, the riots. I like how one said, wherever the apostle Paul went, he started a riot. Wherever I go, they serve me tea. Think about that. I mean, is not the gospel riotous and offensive? It's been said that if you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the dog that barks the loudest is the one that got hit the hardest. I'm afraid in our Christianity today, we're so concerned about offending people. Yet the gospel's offensive. We're so concerned about people liking us. Beware when all men speak well of you. Jesus said the world is going to hate your guts. He didn't say it like that, but might as well have. The world's going to hate you. You know why the world's going to hate you? Because of your association with me. If you want the world to love you, you've got serious problems. That's called being a man pleaser. That's what James, true to form, the half brother of Jesus, you can't blame the guy. Could you imagine growing up in a home and your brother is perfect and sinless? (laughs) He's God incarnate. When you read the epistle of James, you kind of get the impression, man, this guy pulls no punches. I mean, he just tells it like it is. And he calls people who are friendly with the world and who the world is friendly with, he calls them adulterers. Man, forget about pastoring a church today, (laughs) calling a carnal congregation you adulterers. To be friends with the world is to be at enmity with God. And conversely, to be at enmity with the world is probably a pretty good indication that you're friends with God. Do you want to be friends with God or do you want to be friendly with the world? You can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. So he lists beatings, imprisonments, riots, hard work. Paul was a hard worker. And then he says sleepless nights and hunger. We're talking about severe sleep deprivation and hunger and not of his own volition. There were many times that there was just no food to eat and he went hungry. There were times that there was no place to put his head and what he was going through at the time was such that there was no way he could get any sleep that particular night. So in all of these things, he says, we had much patience. We had great endurance. Okay, praise the Lord. (laughs) 
But the question is, how? I mean, we're told that Paul had great endurance and much patience, but how was Paul able to patiently endure? I'm so glad you asked, (laughs) because the answer is in verses 6 through 10. It's that he had the Holy Spirit and love. The Holy Spirit and love. In verse 6 he says, he was able to endure in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness in and by the Holy Spirit. And then he says, sincere love. Well, what do we know to be true about love? It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's the evidence of the Holy Spirit. In verses 7 and 8 he says, It was in truth, in power, with weapons of righteousness and glory, and it was in spite of being dishonored and being regarded as impostors. And then in verses 9 and 10 he says, He was beaten, yet not killed, sorrowful, yet rejoicing, poor, yet rich, having nothing, yet possessing everything. The Apostle Paul to me was the quintessential abandoned for Christ. His utmost, as Oswald Chambers says, for God's highest. This was a beautiful example of a life that lived with this reckless abandon. He had completely died to self. He had picked up his cross and he had followed his Lord all the days of his life and he had finished well. And he was able to do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine how much stress this man endured? (laughs) I mean, talk about, we talk about stress. We live in a very stressful day and age, do we not? And it's getting worse. It's, it's, more intense now in these last days. But do you ever think about the kind of stress that the Apostle Paul dealt with on a daily basis? I think he handled stress very well. And the reason he handled stress very well is because he had the power of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of love from the Holy Spirit. And that's how he was able to handle this unspeakable stress that he experienced in his life. One of the most valuable lessons that I'm learning, especially in the ministry as a pastor, is that I absolutely must completely and totally and utterly rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. That's all we have time for today on In Spirit and Truth. If you'd like to listen to today's message, head to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on the Listen tab. You'll also have access to a number of other teachings by Pastor J.D., as well as his weekly Aloha Prophecy Updates. You can download our mobile app to take these teachings with you wherever you go. Learn more about In Spirit and Truth and Pastor J.D. at our website and also on Twitter. We'd love to have you join the conversation there. We'd also love to meet you in person as well and would like to invite you to join us for our weekly services here at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. We gather each Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. and also on Thursdays at 7 p.m. 
and you'll find more information at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Just click on Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at the bottom of the page. Before we end today, Pastor J.D. has an encouraging word to share with you. It is such a blessing for me personally to be able to share God's Word with you on each edition of our In Spirit and Truth radio broadcast. Also, I'm so very thankful that you've tuned in to listen. The book of 2 Corinthians provides us a much-needed reminder of how divine power is realized in our human weakness. Sadly, though, this is not a popular topic today because, as one so aptly said it, the gospel does not ride on health and wealth, but on weakness. The ministry of the Spirit is not one of splash and flash, but of meekness and weakness. It's for this reason that 2 Corinthians has become one of my favorite books in the Bible. Not only does it provide us with the key to living victorious Christian lives, it also provides us practical application concerning how we treat other believers in our lives. It's my hope and prayer that you will be as encouraged and blessed by this book as I was. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll tune in again for another edition of In Spirit and Truth Radio. Keeping me right with you